In the psalm that Dennis led us in this morning, we hear over and over again about the voice of the Lord. And when we hear it being spoken by the psalmist, we are not talking about a calm voice. We are not talking about the voice of the Lord being a lullaby type of voice. What we hear now is a voice of, of power. It's a voice that makes the, word, the, the world tremble. It's a voice that is, that is earth-shattering, that's earth-changing. And I wonder how often we actually hear that voice. Do we hear a voice of the Lord that makes us tremble before God? Do we hear the voice of the Lord that seems to want to, to change the very way the earth works right now? And I think so much that we need to get back to hearing the voice of the Lord, not the voice that seems to be the most prominent or the voice that gives the message that we really want to hear because it aligns with our sort of social construct, but instead realizing that God still has something to speak to us in the midst of our lives. We hear that in our gospel reading. As John has come with great admonishment to the people as they've come out to be baptized and he talks to them about these things that will be happening, that, that one who is coming who will speak with great power, that this voice will again capture the very power of God. He talks about that, that imagery of the winnowing fork in his hand where that grain would be brought in and now the wheat and the chaff are separated out, the wheat gathered into the granary and the chaff into fire and that's the stage that John now sets to introduce Jesus to the people and so now Jesus comes in on the scene and, and comes in probably looking rather docile given the introduction that John has just given him and he is baptized and now that voice again the voice of the Lord this time declaring you are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. It's a voice that we all should be hearing. It's a voice that we all should be hearing about ourselves. To know that you are God's child, that you are loved. And that most of the time God is pleased with you. Because we'd have to admit that in the midst of our lives, we are at times more like chaff than we are like grain. We are more like people who bring challenge and, and, and even destruction by the way that we treat other people. And we need to hear the voice of the Lord calling out to us again calling us into a way of life that lifts everybody up. So you wonder what the people out there at the river were thinking if they heard that voice, you are my son, with you I am well pleased. If they wouldn't want to hearken back to Psalm 29 and once again know the powerful voice of the Lord for their own lives and for the life, the life of the world around them. We're told here 
that as the people went out to see John, that they were filled with expectation. I wonder what kind of expectation they had. What were they expectant for? What did they really want to see happen when they understood that the Messiah would come? I think really what they wanted was to be told that they were right that they were powerful, that they were the ones who were going to be called on to inherit the earth, that they were going to be the ones to reclaim God's glory. But that's not the message that they got from Jesus. Instead, Jesus came, and in the midst of that baptism, we realize that something was being separated, even as Jesus was baptized that there was going to be a a separation of life from death and that life would be that which would emerge, that there'd be a separation from sin and freedom so that freedom could emerge. There'd be a, a separation of being captive to the law or being able to live by God's grace, that grace would come forth, a separation of feeling like that we are always condemned, instead knowing that we are always forgiven. And then we know that kind of life, it propels us into a new way of living with each other. For we hear again in that psalm that after we've heard about all of these things that the voice of the Lord does, it's a powerful voice, it breaks things, it causes lightnings to flash, it shakes things up, it causes the, the, the trees to writhe, and after all that happens, The people gather in the temple. And what do they cry out? Glory. They cry out glory because they understand that the voice of the Lord is a powerful powerful voice for them. In the midst of this earth-shattering, earth-moving way that God comes, we still have an opportunity to cry glory for what it is that God can accomplish in our midst. And so, if the heavens were opened this morning, the way we hear about at the baptism of Jesus, and not just here, but upon our community, upon our world, would God be seeing people who are expectant again, who are hungry to listen to the voice of the Lord and what it might propel them to do Not just for themselves, but for one another. Sometimes I fear that the heavens would be opened and God would look down and just close them up again and say, I didn't die for that. I didn't die so that people could invent new ways to be divided one from another. I didn't die so that people could browbeat one another. I didn't die so that people could speak ill of one another and even draw my name into those conversations. I didn't die so people could act more sinful. I died so that that separation of sin could be taken away and people could realize that in the midst of that, they are to be drawn together one to another. Think about John's own words in setting up Jesus when he talks about that that granary 
Think about all the the farmers who would bring wheat into that granary to all be mixed up, to be ground up into flour. Do you think that at the granary they turned away everybody who didn't think like them? Is there any such thing as liberal wheat or conservative wheat? Is there any such thing as uh, people who, who want to watch CNN or Fox News? The grain all ends up in the same granary. It's all ground down into the same flour that makes our communion bread. It's only when everything is brought together that everything comes together. And so we hear the voice of the Lord this morning. You are my son. With you I am well pleased. I want you to hear that voice for you this morning. You are God's child. And God is pleased with you because God loves you. And God invites you to hear this voice. This is my body. This is my blood given and shed for you. And that wine that we drink that comes from those grapes that are harvested, sometimes by families working on their own family farm and sometimes those grapes harvested by migrant workers that some call illegal. All of them are a part of this process that creates one cup that we all share together because we are drawn together by the voice of the Lord. This is my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. That's our voice this morning. It's a voice of unity. It's a voice that brings us together. It's a voice that causes us to look at one another the way God looks at us. And so today, when you come up and receive communion, there's not going to be an anthem that's going to be sung. Rick's just going to play some music for us. When you receive that communion kit, and you're heading back to your seats. I know what it's like sometimes. We want to take that communion kit and we sort of like keep it to ourselves and we keep our head down because we're trying to be really solemn and sacred about that moment and there's something very real to that. But today I want you to consider that bread that was made by all of the grain brought into the granary. I want you to consider that cup Harvested by so many different hands that all brought the wine or the the juice in that cup together. And as you head back to your seat, don't look down. Look up. Look up at the eyes of the people who are gathered in worship today. Look up at the people who are here to share in one body, in one cup, one table, one family. Look at them. They're Republicans and Democrats and independents. There are people who like traditional worship and who like creative worship. There are people who drive Chevys and Mercedes. They are people who are loved and claimed by God. They are people 
desperate to once again hear the voice of the Lord, letting them know that they are loved. And when we hear that voice, we can do no other than to love our neighbor. We share in one communion because when we do so, in the temple of God, the people are actually given an opportunity to cry glory. And maybe when all of that help happens, we'll live out the final verse of that psalm that God might actually give to us the blessings of peace. Amen.